Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Girls in Biz. If you're new here, my name is Molly. And my name is Georgia. And we set up Girls in Biz a few months ago, just talking about business stuff. We both have our own marketing companies we have done for the past like two or so years. And yeah, we're just talking about it really. Um, I always give the worst descriptions of like We just talk about business stuff. We talk about business stuff. We have people on every now and then just talking about their business stuff. Um, yeah, we get we get a range in. We get a range in. Cover so, a broad topic. <laughs> yeah, we talk about a range of topics, and today's topic is going to be about the psychology of marketing and different marketing techniques you can use to play with psychology and get sales and whatnot. So. This is actually my episode, so I am leading it. Georgia does not know, so we're getting Georgia's live reactions. Because I think some of these are really cool. I'm um, actually obsessed with things like this. Like, before, like, when I was at school, when I had, like, you know, when you just have no clue what you want to do, but, like, my one thing in my head that I did like and was interested in, it was, like, I really like psychology. And, like, yeah. I didn't do A-levels, but if I did, I was, like, I would do psychology. And when I first started my business, I saw someone refer to marketing as the psychology of business. And I was like, yes, I love that. Yeah, so I love all the like stats and stuff. So I'm excited. Mm. I wish I studied psychology in school. I mean, at A-levels, I did media psychology, which was like, oh, basically where look just looking at things like camera angles and yeah. lighting and sound and stuff in film and how it makes audience feel and whatnot and like mm-hmm. how you can use it to play with emotions whatever um but yeah that's what I did that was psychology related so, I did it at GCSE but it was so broad there was like criminal psychology child psychology like mm. every area you could think of except well, anyways, business I don't think any of it was about business to be honest I would never do business at school. Why would I get taught business by someone who's a teacher and like doesn't do <laughs> own business? Mm. Makes no sense. So, anyways, if we get into today's episode. Um, so the first one I'm gonna start off with is more so branding. I haven't written this down because this is like something I already knew before, like researching. Yeah. I mean, some of these I already knew anyway, but just more in depth. But so yeah, going into branding, um, just talking about the fuck how do I even word that right (laughs) so yeah going into branding there is something called brain behavior so it's basically it's not even branding it it kind of is it kind of links into branding but it's more so like selling to people Mm -hmm. so I don't know if anyone knows this but like the sciencey part of it so the your left hand side of your brain is your more rational side and your right hand side of your brain is your more emotional side mm-hmm. so your left hand side of the brain it'll be the side that thinks of um the price of things and like things like warranty and whatever and then your right hand side of your brain is the side the side that is like basically and like yeah it's for the story attached to the story and just like what you're looking at rather than things like the price and there is a statistic which I'm trying to think of what it is basic I can't remember the exact number but people are more likely 
to use their left hand side of the brain to make purchasing decisions i think it's something like 95 percent of like take this with a pinch of salt 95 percent of purchasing decisions are subconscious Mm -hmm. and or unsubconscious don't know and then 70 percent of purchasing decisions are made using their left side of the brain so the more emotional side or the right hand side the right (laughs) basically the more emotional side people purchase more from so what some people then fall on with their marketing is focusing so much or just like business as a whole just focusing so much on prices and like things that they can get yeah. with warranty and stuff like that rather than kind of like maybe like more, the more creative side yeah so, they're just like this is what it is this is how much it is do you want it like yeah <laughs> they don't really create like a kind of like storyline kind of thing mm-hmm. with their company or like their products or whatever so yeah that's what some people actually kind of fall on there's like a little little quick one little intro little intro um but also because I kind of said about branding so when I meant branding kind of like when using for fuck's sake color psychology (laughs) yeah so the color psychology so when it comes to branding and using this brain behavior strategy so using the more emotional just playing with the customer's more emotional side of their brain using things like colors and stuff like that because I mean colors have different meanings I can't remember off the top of my head what means what but like I know I'm pretty sure orange is kind of like cheerfulness that's why you've got like a lot of people know like if you have like red it can often mean like anger or like passion like it can represent quite like strong emotions um well that's different when it comes to branding though yeah it can depend um but yeah so like with green often green is related to like trust it can also be linked to being like Mm eco-friendly um I'm sure I've seen something that said you shouldn't use blue for food-related things. I'm yeah, sure you should I've use red. That, yeah, so I'm pretty sure, like, if food is branded with, like, blue colouring, it gets, like, less sales or something like that. There's a lot of, like, studies like that that show that colours can really affect things. Um, but, yeah, you can look up, like, the psychology colour wheels and see what, like, each one means Yeah, and how it ties into what you do. So yeah, you can use a little bit of psychology within your branding as well. Um, so there was one study that I actually looked into, and I don't know if you've actually heard of this or not. So it's a thing called barrier psychology. Mm-hmm. So the study that they did was they had like a bunch of like two-year-old boys. I don't know how many, but at one time they would have two for each experiment. And what they did was they placed two toys in a room. They were both equally as like attractive, exciting as the other. Mm-hmm. One was behind a one foot plexiglass, flexiglass, whatever it is. Flexi or yeah. is it flexi? Well, plexiglass. Yeah, just, you know, like in COVID, that's what they use on like yeah. and stuff. That kind of glass. They 
put a one foot tall plexiglass in front of one toy and a two foot tall one in front of another toy. So the one foot one is obviously tiny. They can like reach over and grab it. And mm-hmm. the two foot tall is like taller than them. So they've got to figure out and get around it. It's like an obstacle for them. And they, each time they didn't really show much interest in the toy that was behind the one foot tall plexiglass. Mm-hmm. Like, they were more excited about the one that was behind two foot tall one because there was an obstacle and there was like a barrier in the way. So they were, I think it was something like they were three times quicker at getting to that toy and like touching that toy than what they were of the other one. So the idea of that is like, but your luxury brands, there's like a barrier of some people to be able to get to those brands and be able to buy from those brands, which... But it's almost more appealing because you you feel more sense of achievement. Like, I got that one. Yeah, it's like a feeling and sense of achievement, which you want to give to your customers anyway, that you have some kind of value and, like, luxury when they purchase from you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so using... That's how, like, some brands use it. And it's, in some cases, like, tripled people's sales. By having just some, yeah, I've not heard of that one. Well, I think stuff like that is interesting as well when it's done with children because they have no like bias uh, going to make them act a certain way. Like they're just completely using their brain. They're not like thinking like, oh, what do they want me to do here? Yeah, apparently, like our brains are just like wired to do that from that age. Mm. Like to, I I don't know. I'm no scientist, but that's just what the study <laughs> shows. But yeah, apparently our brains are just wired to want to go around the barrier. But I'm sure there's probably like some people which are like an anonym, anonymously, anonymously, anonymously. There we go. We should do an episode just on hard to pronounce words. <laughs> oh yeah, we just had one as well just before we came on. I I had to write down. I've even put my book away, and even then we can it. pronounce it. <laughs> I'm going to be saying it later. Let's see if I remember how to pronounce them. (laughs) But anyways, so that's barrier psychology. So apparently by using barrier psychology, people have managed to triple their sales. Might not work for everyone, but it is. I guess it depends like where you're positioning your brand, whether you are a luxury brand or. Yeah, you probably can't do that straight away when you Mm -hmm. first set up, but it's something that you can look into like down the line and so yeah the next thing I was looking into and we've all heard of this is the halo effect Uh so we've all heard that like talking about like famous people if they're like attractive like we automatically see them as more successful or they don't even have to be famous but like anyone attractive that you just see them as more like intelligent successful or whatever that's the halo effect so by using the halo effect on your brand, well, you can use it in different ways. You can use it through influencer marketing by having like the pretty people and stuff like that. But you can also use it by having like really nice designs, making a halo effect through like your graphics and stuff. Also mm-hmm. just making like a really good first impression. Like say you're a product-based business and people go on your website and they have like a really good time purchasing for the first time it will encourage them to purchase more like Uh that's that's a no-brainer like it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out but that's kind of like the halo effect that you've made a really good first impression they're going it's going to encourage them to purchase more 
Um, and another thing that you can use the halo effect with is like for people that are kind of like us in a way, like social media managers or you don't have to be a social media manager. It could be just people that show their face on their Instagram. You can make a halo effect for yourself by just making people like you by kind of like showcasing like information that you know just showing up and like building your brand around your personality mm-hmm. if you have a nice personality <laughs> the, the only like weird thing that I would say is like shifting away from that is so yeah. like like you've said with like I know everyone has always like for years said like in marketing like oh like sex sales like if you have like attractive people they can sell stuff but that, I didn't <laughs> that really threw me off I was not expecting you to say sex sales then but like there's this like shift now where people I think are getting a bit fed up with like everyone being perfect because I feel like for kind of like I don't know like 10 years ago or so everything was airbrushed and it got to a point where everything was so edited and pretty and perfect that people just had got fed up with it and now it's going the other way where we're like especially with like models and stuff trying to show like as much diversity as possible I don't know the stats on that but I think people are preferring it to see people that are like them rather than people that are perfect especially like with clothing and stuff sometimes if you're looking at stuff and everyone on there is like a supermodel you look at it and you're like well I can't even picture that on myself so Mm. I'd say that's one way that it's shifting but I think definitely with like the packaging and stuff it being pretty is like definitely gonna highlight kind of people's opinion on you yeah I think with the whole like model thing and stuff I thought yeah it's shifting I think there is more people that are more conscious of it but at the same time like I don't think it stops people from buying no at the same time like people were definitely just more opinionated about it now but I don't think people mm-hmm. actually stop because yeah. I think it definitely does help when there is a pretty person that is wearing the clothing that you want to buy mm. it is a controversial one I think it's one of those things people mm. want to do but it's like do you do it or do you diversify yeah um but I, I do get what you mean like I think if you are going to do this kind of like halo effect thing not like you even have to do it like consciously but like if you're doing like a halo effect kind of thing on yourself you have to make sure you're kind of being authentic Mm -hmm. don't have to be perfect all the time I think people quite like if it's you they like the authentic part of it maybe if it's like the models and stuff like we just said maybe like I don't know some people like diversity some people don't like diversity so it just depends on who you want your audience to be Mm mm-hmm it completely um, depends what you're selling as well like it's going to be so different for everyone yeah and going off of that as well people buy from people mm-hmm. so it's just the image that you want to put across online yeah sometimes be... you'll go on someone's instagram you scroll through and you're like i have no idea who's running this like i'm like i don't know what you look like i don't know your name i have no idea who you are Mm. and people forget that because they're the one behind the account they just think well it's me but I'm like no one else knows that you're there yeah I mean for for me personally like if I see that there's like a small brand that's selling something that I want and there's like a bigger brand that's selling what I want it's the same price and everything but I feel like I know this person just by looking at their Instagram looking at their videos and stuff 
I feel like I know this person that's on a small company I'm more likely to buy from them because I've automatically started to like them and I think you almost get that sense of like in your head you almost feel like they're your friend like sometimes Mm. even if you just see someone talking on a video you feel like you know them so well especially if they talk as if they're talking to you you get this sense of like oh I know them like Mm. you know like when you'll talk about someone and you'll be like oh yeah my friend like you'll say to your family and they're not your friend they're just like someone you briefly know but you're like oh yeah my friend like you get this sense of they're your friend so then you're like oh well I'm gonna buy from them because I know them yeah yeah you wouldn't go to your family like all my acquaintance it's like a weird thing to say um (laughs) you're like yeah my friend and they're like I've never heard of this friend and you're like that is someone I know I think as well like I mean it helps with like product-based businesses but I also think with like service-based businesses Mm. like if I'm using I won't use myself as as an example I mean I've said this before my main niche of people that I work with is people that work in beauty so like aestheticians like so injectables like lip filler stuff like that you need to kind of be posting more of you on there if you want to attract new clients so people it's quite a big thing getting work done to your face it's your face yeah especially in that industry you'll get a lot of people that Mm. are really nervous yeah just nervous about what they're having done they're nervous about who's doing it Mm. like because it's like a medical kind of thing it's like if you're going to like a doctor for something you don't want to go to the doctor and have someone who like makes you feel really uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. So when you're paying for a service and you get a choice of who like carries something out for you, you want to know that they're going to make you feel really comfortable, not like there's someone because you get some people, especially in that sort of industry, that are very like brash and like loud and bubbly, and they're like, right, let's get it done. And like, if that was me, I wouldn't see someone like that. I'd want someone yeah. who's like really like gentle and slow and calm, but you need to be able to like suss that out from their page otherwise you're like turn up you don't even know who you're going to yeah it's definitely a big thing when you don't actually properly know the person so Mm. just having that kind of content on your feed where it's a mix of you like talking you just showing your face you just like looking nice and yeah it's a bit of like factual stuff people are more likely to then book in with you yeah, because they feel like they know you and they think that you're good at what you do. Yeah, because if you, like, see enough of someone online, you get this sense where when you see them in person, you feel like you already know them because you immediately mm. recognise them. You know their name, you know what they're like, you know how to kind of interact with them. Whereas yeah. if someone didn't have their face anywhere, you could turn up, like, to a clinic or whatever, you wouldn't really know who you're looking for. You'd be like, oh, are you whoever you don't know what their personality is like then you don't know how to talk to them and then you feel awkward and then that whole experience has just kind of not been as good as it could be yeah exactly um anyways next thing I looked into so this is the word this is the word I struggle with (laughs) law of reciprocity reciprocity like reciprocity where's my book gone i wrote it down i write down Hold on, i've got this thing to say it reciprocity reciprocity law okay. of reciprocity law of reciprocity reciprocity i think meaning things are You're reciprocating reciprocated. behavior and stuff in a way 
So this is basically kind of like engagement on your social media. So mm-hmm. things like commenting, liking, messaging, like reacting to people's stories, like things like that. Anything that you can do with engage, anything you can do to engage with someone, you do it, and you do it with like a range of people, and you're trying to build a community. And if people do it to you, you do it back to them. So you're kind of like rewarding it in a way. Mm-hmm. So you can re- you can reward it by reciprocating it. Or you can reward it by like kind of giving back, like things like giveaways, things like that, um, just to like reward the behavior and encourage the behavior and just encourage them to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, because like I think it can actually really like almost scarily build your opinion on someone very quickly based on like say like you re- you follow someone for a while and you really look up to them and then you see a post and you're like oh I'm gonna leave a comment. If yeah. sometimes if they don't reply you're like you go from being like oh I'm gonna like take a further step and like interact with them because I really like admire them if they don't reply it can literally take you to being like oh rude like they're not even replying to me so mm. that could be one path you go down or if they reply it can then like build that connection even stronger and you're like oh my god that's really exciting yeah so that's like make or break situation that can happen like to you you think oh that's such a small thing like replying to my comments and especially if you get a lot of them it can be a bit like uh I can't be bothered yeah I'm a bit aggressive doing that at the moment but it can shape people's opinions so quickly of you and if you don't reply they might never comment again exactly so you've got to do it back or at least reply to them reply to them or comment on their stuff um and then yeah things like giveaways just giving back to people who follow you people who purchase from you so it could be giveaways it could be like a little bit freebies like if you send like free stuff in their packages if it's a product-based business whatever um and I just think that's one way like successful brands in like 23 I don't know what I'm talking about I keep messing up my brand my brand's (laughs) whatever mate I keep messing up my words I think that's one reason why certain brands brands not bands why certain brands are successful in 2023 because they cultivate a community and they're good Uh at it make social media social yeah make social media social because I think people expect like they're like oh I just post and everyone's just gonna like come over and interact with me and I'm just gonna be like yeah post and then run away and just watch everything blow up and it's like you need to give and then you Mm. like create a common like consensus with people as well especially if you find like accounts who are like have a similar following to you or like go slightly bigger than you you can kind of create like a common consensus where it's like I interact with your stuff you interact with mine and then you'll you'll build up that group of people where you just always like are engaging with each other and then you've got like guaranteed engagement yeah exactly so really long story short customers want to feel like you care or like potential customers want to feel like you care mm-hmm. um and obviously with that you I can feel build like a relationship huh they want to feel like your friend yeah you want to be everyone's friend everyone wants to feel like they trust you everyone wants to feel like they like you so build that community for fuck's sake I don't even know why I'm talking I'm going (laughs) community build that community (laughs) 
what the fuck am I saying? Um, and then kind of like going off of that, if we're talking about like people buying from you and like things like freebies and stuff, like if they're purchasing from you. So there's also a thing of like paradox of choice. So like you can go on uh-huh. social media and you can just see choices of things you can buy everywhere. Yeah. So it can be kind of overwhelming sometimes and you just kind of like whatever. Choice overwhelming, isn't it? Yeah. So there is like some kind of written it down. There was like a study that shows that when people are presented with just six options, 30% of people made a purchase compared to three percent compared to three percent who made a decision who made a decision when confronted with 24 options. So basically, the more options yeah. that you have, the less likely people are going to buy. Yeah, this is something I'm always like experimenting with, with like my packages and stuff. Mm. And this is where I like over consume other people's stuff. And it's so easy to get drawn into like, oh, that person's like doing this many packages. That person's got mm. just one. Like, I'm always like, oh, should I change it? But I see some people like who are like in marketing and they just have one package. And they're one like, this package. Is, they're like, this is my one package. This is what I sell. It works for everyone. That's that. I'm like, okay. You see some people who have like a million different things. And then I feel like I'm kind of in the middle. I have like, I'm just starting to add in some like low cost, like things you can buy. But then, like, my packages, I have, like, content only or, like, full social media management. And there's, like, different, like, intensities. Yeah. Like, I typically go for the, like, three-tier structure. Like, I've always been told no one will go for the middle option, but you put it there because it creates that, like, element of choice. And I have been, like, sometimes I'm like, yeah, no one goes for the middle option. I'll just get rid of it. I'm like, you kind of got to keep it just so that... It seems like less of a jump as well. It's a bridge, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely want to keep, like, the middle option there because, I mean, if you're going to do... Like, the smallest package is obviously going to be, like, a fairly cheap one and then the biggest one's going to be the most expensive one. So you don't want that much of a jump. If there's something that's, like, making it look not as big of a jump each time... I don't know. If If you're looking at something... Say it's like 100, 150, then 200. I feel like the 200 doesn't look as expensive as what it would be if the 150 wasn't there. Yeah. Also, I always make it so like the bigger the package, the better, like, what's the word? Why can't I think of it? It's like cheaper per, like, day of management or whatever so like if I figure out my packages what they would be per hour the bigger the package you go up it's cheaper per hour so obviously you're paying more but it's better like value yeah value is the word I was like (laughs) (laughs) we got there in the end um so here's another one it's not really much psychology it's just something that we all kind of do without realizing so it's just the thing of people don't read they scan yeah so like when it comes to design people usually read in like an f-shaped format so i for anyone that's like watching you'll see what i'm about to do so the f-shaped format is 
So one, two, three, four, five. So F shaped. So like that's why on a website, most of the time you'll have like the head, the headline, and then you'll have like the subheading, and then you'll have like a button or something underneath. Mm-hmm. That's the F shaped format. There's something else I've heard that apparently people prefer to read with their text left aligned. Mm. It's only something I've started doing recently. I pretty much always center align my text. So it will be like jutting out either side. And then I saw something saying that it makes it harder for people to digest. So when it is left aligned, it's easier and more natural to read. So I have started doing that. Um, Also, something I've started doing a lot is when there's like a big paragraph of text, I go through and I I do a mixture of like bold underline and italic on like the keywords so that you can skim and you just pick out the main words and it makes it so much easier. And I've noticed now on people that don't do it, if I look at a big chunk of text, I look at it and I'm like, I just can't be bothered. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm not reading that yeah we're all lazy we just scan we don't read things properly so I think you've got yeah. to bear that in mind when you do come to like your design whether it's literally like an Instagram post or whether it is a website yeah but you can definitely you've got see to that. think as well like you've got to be a bit brutal and be like no one cares as much as you like you might be like oh my god I've got this amazing like package to talk about and you might write a carousel with like so much detail but at the end of the day no one wants to read it like sometimes people will want to read really in-depth stuff if it's like a really like vulnerable story or it's quite personal or something then people might read it but if it's about like your services and you're going like on and on and on people are like I'm sorry I'm not reading that yeah do you know what I just thought of as you were saying that when you're t- saying about like writing loads of stuff on a carousel I was thinking about reels and I should have said this in our last episode when we we're talking about social media x mm. people on reels and they say oh here's a hack on how to do this and they don't even put it in the video they say check the caption <laughs> to like find out what this hack is and you click on the caption and it's like a whole essay mate and yeah, I'm like but I'm not you, reading that I've lost do you know interest. why people are doing this why so this is basically an instagram hack so i've done it because i mean i've done it yeah everyone gets annoyed by it but the reason it works is is basically to do with the algorithm so what you do is you create a short video that loops so like you said you say here's how to do this read the caption and it you only make it like i don't know between like four and seven seconds long or something so Mm. that if it's only four seconds long someone's only got to sit there for eight seconds and you've already got two plays on it and then you get them in the caption you make the caption really really long so they go down they sit there reading through it obviously it's got to be good and have a good hook to actually get someone to read it in the first place Mm. but the idea is that they sit there they read the long caption and then in the background that short reel is just looping over and over and over and over again oh so the watch time's going so on those sort of videos they don't necessarily reach loads of people but you get a lot of plays which can boost the algorithm. So I found when I've done those sort of videos, you might get like 4,000 plays, but it could be the same like 700 people that have just watched it over and over again. Yeah, that makes sense. So there is a reason behind it, but yeah, it's kind of annoying because you're like, I don't mind it if they say straight away, like read the caption. It's when they really drag it out for like 10 seconds and you get to the end and then you're like, 
you didn't even tell me yeah it's really annoying it's like I watch like little clips of things on TikTok all the time and it's like oh my god when she does this and she doesn't even it doesn't even show when she does this thing that this person's talking about and I go in the comments and everyone's like oh I love it when you actually showed it oh my god yeah there'll be like a side by side and it'll be like this girl's singing versus this girl's singing and the whole video is just one girl and they just never show the other bit (laughs) it's because they want you to watch the whole time isn't it so it just drives me mad Mm, it's the psychology of it or if we say that there's going to be something and then there's never anything they've then watched the whole video and we've then wasted their time Mm. um do you know i haven't actually written down anything else um through it quite quickly do you know what it really scares me you know how snapchat like will say to you like when someone's uploaded a story sometimes now yeah and like i'll see the bitmoji come up or, like, on and i'm like who's that like, oh my god who's that yeah <laughs> here's some um so ugc is 8.7 times more impactful than influencer content now yeah i think um, we've said this before and i really agree yeah because it just comes across more natural and you don't have to say add on it yeah brands can post it themselves and don't have to say like oh this was sponsored or whatever Mm. I wonder if the rules on that will change to be honest and then it might become less effective um Um, but UGC is also 6.6 times more impactful than branded content so like if you're just posting something as your own brand Mm. I mean you'll see you'll see some people where it is an ad and they'll say they've got to say it's an ad, but they'll try and make it look UGC. Like, yeah, like people, people don't look at. Yeah, just so to kind of distract people from the fact it says ad in capitals in the caption. But it'll be literally like someone saying, oh, like, come with me to do my skincare. And it's like a whole L'Oreal advert. Yeah. And it's like, oh, for fuck's sake, I've like, <laughs> just wasted my time watching an advert because I thought I was actually watching someone's skincare because I want to improve my skincare. <laughs> It's so annoying, but yeah, definitely UGC. Yeah, as soon as I see ad, I'm like, don't trust it. It's just the authenticness of it. I think mm. for such a long time, we were all consuming just like ad content and people trying to sell to us on social media all the time. Like now, people are over it now. Yeah, we. Know I don't know if that's like a generational thing, whether it's like a Gen Z thing, or if just as a whole, everyone's just over it. Hmm like if marketing as a whole has changed I think when things started out do you remember when all of Instagram was like skinny tees and like the like Mm. hair gummies and stuff I miss those days I know and I feel like at the time even though they were ads we were our mindset was more like oh it's an ad but like they like it like they use it so I'm gonna use it Mm. whereas now so much stuff has come out about like influencers where they'll post up and they don't even use it or it's not safe ever and we've now like become a bit more clued up on it and we're we're now in the mindset of like they've been paid for it like they might not even use it and I feel like we don't necessarily want to copy people like the Kardashians and stuff as much anymore like they're just their own thing but I personally don't ever find myself being like oh the Kardashians use that so I need to use it I think it's different with influencers. I think it's different when it comes to services. So using influencer services rather than products. 
because uh-huh. then it looked like they've actually got to pay for like this full service I mean sometimes like I, I know like beauty companies like they'll just give them the free treatment if they can just like promote them on social media and whatever and put on their story but yeah. like it, they've actually taken the time to come to this place have the treatment trust this yeah. person or like have whatever service trust this person to do the service for them not just have also a if you sentiment. can show a result so say like yeah once it gets paid to go have like lash extensions or something and they genuinely look really good mm. then it can make you think but then another bit where I get a bit controversial about it well not even controversial but like skeptical yeah is sometimes you think like oh well they've had it done really good because like they're an influencer and they want it to look amazing so like sometimes you think I'm not gonna have the experience they had like they might be like oh it was amazing and I got like champagne on arrival and she took like so much time on me and it was great Mm. And I'm just like yeah but that's because you're the influencer and they're making it look amazing and yeah. you can think like if I went I know I'm not gonna have that same experience mm. I don't know why but that's just made me think about um I think people know about this place Karen's Diner yeah so I went there last year I think there was only was there like one or two in the UK I don't know but I went to the Manchester one and don't get me wrong it was really funny and like it was good vibes but you do notice that, like, obviously, when influencers go there, they get a whole lot more attention. Yeah. Like, you, you know don't realise it when you're watching it. But when you go there, you're then like, oh, they just got more attention. But, I mean, got, we've got to give these guys a break. There's a limited amount of them. They can't give loads of people loads of attention and still do their job. Yeah. I have noticed this, though, because I don't really use it anymore. But I've got, like, a vegan, like, food blog thing on Instagram and quite a few times I've been invited by Turtle Bay to go and like try out their new like menus and like cocktails and stuff you know what I love Turtle Bay for bottomless I honestly love it so good but whenever I've been I've been there just like because I wanted to go and then I've been there when I've been invited and when I get invited by like PR companies to go you get treated so differently. Like, I think the staff are told that you're there because you're, like, posting about it and stuff. Mm. They just, like, give you, like, the biggest welcome. They're like, oh, my God, hi. And I noticed, like, we... So everyone else had, like, little, like, paper napkins and stuff. We had, like, proper, like, cloth ones. We had, like, all different stuff. And everything was just, like, better and different than anyone else in there. And I'm like you can just tell that we were getting treated better because they know that you're posting about it Mm. so it's like I could have a great experience but if someone went off the back of that they might not have the same experience that I had yeah experienced it firsthand well next time you get invited to Turtle Bay leave Harry at home and take me (laughs) go for bottomless brunch I love a bottomless brunch I'm in need of a hopefully they normally invite me for like December January because they normally do like perfect they normally do a new vegan menu around then so I'll be awaiting my next invite leave Harry at Um, home we'll try and get invited twice so then Harry doesn't feel too (laughs) left out or we can go I'm a perfect third wheel I third wheel all the time it is so good though though I love it um but I've got some others which all kind of tie together that all the same but different um so one is 71 percent of consumers who have had a positive experience with a brand on social media are likely to recommend the brand to their friends and family so 
I feel yeah. like if you like look into this, you'll probably notice yourself or others doing it. So say someone's like, oh, I'm like looking for a new like candle. You might have never bought from a brand, but there might be a brand that like liked your post and then you looked at them and they commented or something. You could be like, oh, I've seen this brand on Instagram. They look really good. Yeah. And you might not even know that they look good, but they like they boosted your ego and liked something and you're like, oh, yeah, saw this brand. And it just makes you like remember brands and recommend them like if it comes up Mm, Um, I think word of mouth marketing is probably mm. the most popular marketing for sure now now at least anyway obviously like social media helps and stuff but like with that it could be either someone that's used you before purchased from you before literally just someone that you've engaged with and it's just word of mouth straight away yeah because word of mouth links to influencer marketing so like typically influencer marketing is people with massive following who can influence a like widespread of people but you can also influence your friends and family and they could have an even stronger influence on you because you know that they're not just saying it like you're not gonna yeah like try and sell something to your family to like make a profit or something hopefully (laughs) um another one is 74% of consumers rely on social media to guide purchasing decisions. So Mm. I think this is quite a big one to remember for brands that maybe won't get discovered on social media, but should still have a presence. So, Mm. for example, I had a call with an insurance company. We were kind of talking about like Instagram and different social media platforms. And there was obviously a bit of a conversation of like, realistically who goes on Instagram to find their insurance company like you don't go on Instagram and go like right car insurance and see what yeah you just don't do it but if something like funny comes up from that brand or you follow them or you've seen something before and then you go to do your car insurance quote and then they come up you're like oh my god that's the one I follow on TikTok or Instagram you've immediately got a bit more of a connection or this ties into another one that a lot of people do um 62.3 percent of instagram users worldwide say that they use the platform to follow or research brands and businesses so i wasn't expecting it to be that high i know so you might find that you're recommended something or you get a quote for something and then Mm -hmm. say you've never heard of them a lot of people now will look them up on Instagram or Facebook to see if they're legit. So yeah. say, again, you're doing your car insurance, you get a quote from a brand. A lot of the time, there's always new ones popping up and you go, oh, I've not heard of them before, don't know if they're that legit. A lot of people, especially like Gen Z now, will go to Instagram, type them in. If yeah, you've definitely got a rubbish page, thing. if you've got like five followers and your page is rubbish, that can immediately make someone go, that doesn't look legit legit I'm not going to trust them yeah not sure who they are never heard of them and they don't have a presence so gonna leave it or equally like it could look good but you've not posted in a year they're going to be like oh was this company like shut down like yeah doesn't seem like they're actually like running anymore so even if people don't like you might not get new like leads or sales from social media that social media could influence whether or not someone goes with you from finding you somewhere else yeah um 
when was there so last year as we were talking about that I remember I did a post as we're talking about people that are online um last year I did a post and at that point over 60 percent of the world population are online so that is just why it's so important why your brand should be on social media in the first place I mean I think that's like a no-brainer like it shouldn't take for us to say to you to be on social media I think everyone's on social I think everyone who listens to this is probably on social media they probably found us on social media but it's just so important to be not only just be on social media but to also be present on social media like be consistent with it because like I don't know I'm just trying to think of like an example of like for for example so one of my clients one of our I think I even mentioned this in the last episode because we only filmed it yesterday (laughs) one of my clients she recently had a video that's kind of gone like semi-viral imagine if we didn't post that day yeah what would have happened like I mean, yeah, like timing doesn't matter when it comes to posts and stuff. But what if we just didn't do that post? What if we thought, mm, or like, what if she didn't have me and she thought, oh, and she was going to post that? Mm. Like, even though I made it, if she thought, oh, I'm going to post that for like the off chance. What she thought in the end, oh, I don't know, I can't be asked. Yeah, like pretty much only good things are going to come of it. Yeah. And like the same, I've had a few reels that have done really well just on like my work account let's see if it loads so like I've had one reel that's reached almost 70k people Mm. and like that was when my account was super little like I had like 500 followers and that really helped imagine if that day I just decided and you know what I'll leave it I can't be asked I can't be asked to even record that video yeah because I think my biggest reel I think it was like 340,000 and I'd say a massive bulk of my following came from that reel and it's quite a cringy one I don't know why it did well right I think I remember it it's just one of those typical like it's my face and I'm pointing and the little bits of text come up speaking of that I swear you haven't shown your face in a while you've got to get back on that I know but for some reason all the text is off the screen so it doesn't even look good it looks really like silly but it's it did, shit ones that do well. It did so well. It had like, I don't even know, like thousands and thousands of likes. I got so many like thousands of followers from it. But so many people would be like, oh, I don't want to post that reel of my face. So I just won't post yeah. it. Because it's like a little cringy one. I mean, I don't think the cringy ones like that do well anymore. I don't really see anyone doing like little dancey, pointy reels too much anymore. No, not at all. So I think gladly that phase is hopefully over. <laughs> it's always the shit ones that do well. It's even like on TikTok. I can't remember if I've said this before, but I'm a one hit wonder on TikTok. I got like quarter of a million views and like 50k likes. So that was my <laughs> claim to fame. And that was like years ago. And it's the most horrendous video of me ever. I'm wearing my Levis hoodie. I have a fringe. I have braces. And I'm literally <laughs> playing Stardoll in this tiktok <laughs> but relatable <laughs> it's like my i think my second most popular tiktok i think has like 10k views and it's me making an oreo smoothie bowl but you know like the typical like, so lockdown nice. videos like it was blurring it has like the sparkle filter on it so it's just like sparkling all over the screen it's got some weird filter on it and i'm like it still Not gets likes and views filter. now and i'm like oh my god 
this is an awful video. Like, why are you watching this? Literally, it's not, it's not an accurate representation of me, please. Oh <laughs> Do you know what? I still get people like it every now and then as well on mine. I think it's like people look up. Because they say TikTok is becoming like a search engine. So yeah, people look is. up keywords. And I mean, I was doing it yesterday. I was looking stuff up and I'm coming across videos from like three years ago. Yeah. I mean, my whole Australia thing, like whenever I was going out by myself, I went to TikTok to kind of find out where mm. I should go. Because my main thing that I like is like viewpoints. I like a nice little view. So I like going high up and whatever. And I relied purely on TikTok to find those viewpoints. You know, a great example, actually, is my new watch, right? I went on Pinterest. I was looking, I was like, I want a watch, but I don't really know what I want. So I went on Pinterest because I was like, I want to see, like, some watches, like, mm. styled and, like, I don't even know, like, and outfits and stuff. I just wanted to, like, picture it, not, like, a salesy image. Anyway, I found this watch. It was just, like, a random person posted it. I didn't say what it was. It wasn't an ad or anything. Just saw a picture of it. And I was like, I'm going to want to know what that is. And luckily, like, in the comments, someone was like, what watch is this? And someone said it. So then I go and look up the brand. And then immediately I see they have a TikTok and an Instagram. If I'd have looked them up and they didn't have any social media, I would I would probably have never bought it. Yeah. Because I'd be like, oh, I don't know who they are. I don't really trust them. Anyway, when on TikTok, I then discover that, like, loads of people have it on TikTok. And there's then loads of videos of people doing, like, unboxings and, like, showing this watch. So I'm like, great. So then it builds up all this trust. I'm seeing all these other people with this watch. I then, like, have more trust for the brand. I like the watch even more because I've seen it on a load of other people. And then I've ended up following, like, the brand's TikTok. I'm seeing all their stuff come up. And then seeing all these other watches. And I'm like, oh, I love that one too. Yeah. And then I bought it. And I was like, if they didn't have that social media or there was no videos from anyone else or like there was nothing on there, that probably would have been a dead end. I would have looked it up, gone, I've never heard of this brand in my life and then gone off a bit. But because they had that presence there, yeah, taken on a little journey. Love it. <laughs> Real life I do think it's really important to have like presence and stuff. But mm. then I feel like what's the word that I'm looking for like I don't know what made me think of this but you know like the big brands like Ferrari and Lamborghini and stuff like that you know how they don't like pay for any advertising Mm -hmm. because yeah you know why they've seen yeah they said it because the people that can afford those kind of cars aren't sitting at home watching tv yeah I love that also like especially with cars cars like that the advertising is kind of in seeing them driving around. Yeah, literally. They advertise themselves pretty much. Mm. That was very true. And I always see like little cars driving around. Obviously, people advertise on them. I was like, I can't drive around in a little like social cloud car. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? If I could get a car that looks like a cloud. That must be a thing. That must be a thing. I'm not saying like it's got to be like fluffy and everything because that's actually kind of gross. And but yeah. I know it's only a car, but kind of like unhygienic, like the pollution, like the cloud's going to be grey and like miserable in no time. Black green cloud. But literally like a car that's like shaped like a drawing of a cloud. I'd love that. I wouldn't drive around in it seriously, but it would be my little work car. Imagine someone like books in. For like a content sheet and this little cloud just 
<laughs> no, that's actually really cringy. <laughs> okay, maybe everything doesn't have to be on brand. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. I think that was all of my... Yeah, that's all of my... I think actually, actually no, I do have one more that's important. Oh, go for it. The rule of seven, which I feel like it's... Oh, more, yeah. But... The rule of seven is a principle in marketing that says that customers or consumers or clients, whatever you want to call them, usually need to see your brand at least seven times before they'll commit to a purchase decision. Mm. Um, And this idea has been around since the 1930s, so it's not new. Um, But it says that you need some sort of exposure to someone usually seven times but they think now that the number is growing I've seen some people say it can be like 21 or something like that so like I think a lot of people they think oh someone's gonna like see my reel and then they'll be like oh I haven't bought and it's like they probably need to see seven more reels or like more posts before they get to the point where they're like okay I'm gonna buy so that's like why you need to be really consistent with your content as well um but also if you can have them not only seeing your brand but also interacting with it is really helpful um and making sure that your content is actually good so that those seven things that they see are actually memorable rather than just yeah (laughs) you need to make sure that everything you put out like represents your brand well and like is in the right voice that you want it to be also you never know where people are at on that journey like Mm. you might think oh no one's bought I can't be bothered to post but there might have been someone let's say that like um number of seven yeah if we take it really literally someone might have seen six posts and on that final seventh post that was going to be the push where they're like oh my god fine I'm gonna do it Mm. but you've gone oh no one's bought all month I'm just not gonna post and there's people sitting there that if you did post they would be ready Cool. If this podcast today doesn't give you the push to post today, then I don't know what will, mate. We've literally given you all the facts. And you've got to post. I, I'm a fine they one to talk. Them. I'm a hypocrite. I am such a hypocrite. We're like, like, post all the time. Do this, do that. And we're like, I've not done that. I'm just a girl. Because we're busy managing everyone else. Mm, I'm just a girl, you know. I'm just trying to get through day-to-day life I'm so I'm busy (laughs) I'm busy so this is why you should schedule content yeah no I do need to schedule but automate I like to do engagement before and after my posts so it's not as quick and easy just because I feel like it kind of like encourages the algorithm and kind of like wakes the algorithm up like hi I'm here Oh, you look, don't I have to do that later. but if you go and interact then like you said with the like reciprocation other people reciprocate to you if you spend 15 minutes going interact I would say make sure you interact with people that you know have recently been online then yeah. you'll have to go that 15 minutes later hopefully at least some of them will be coming over interact with that and then you get that instant like algorithm boost yeah exactly so there is logic behind it yes of course Um, but I mean we've covered quite a lot I feel like I feel like we've covered it really quickly which is unlike us we haven't gone off topic once I don't you should be charging for this but you're getting it all for free so 
yeah we should have been charging for this free masterclass <laughs> on marketing psychology do you know it actually is so is. you're welcome you're welcome <laughs> guys um look at us just serving the community <laughs> iconic um but yeah so i think that kind of like is the end of today's episode really um i hope it's helped um if you want to hear more you can follow us you can rate us you can also follow us on social media on instagram or girls and biz underscore on tiktok we're just girls and biz um we're on youtube spotify apple Podcasts. we want anything else i don't think so but we can be on any podcast platform you like so let us know if we're missing anything and we will join it yeah um yeah i hope you all have a lovely rest of your week and we'll see you next week Bye. bye